Finally, it is time for the The Rich Eisen Show. Are we the show or is everything else the show? (laughs) (laughs) Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Rock gets up there when zeros on the clock we're supposed to go and then he's going for another five minutes. It's like, holy smoke. Today's guests, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, co-host of Peacock's Brother from Another, Michael Smith, plus actor Charlie Day. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Well, hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to the Rich Eisen Show hey. here on a Wednesday. It's uh, it's Parade Wednesday here in Los Angeles, California. There's a parade. There's a parade for a Super Bowl championship in the Los Angeles area. Who'd have thought it? It's never happened before. Yeah, that's right. This is the first Los Angeles Rams Super Bowl championship. The first ever Super Bowl played here in Los Angeles. The most recent Super Bowl played here in Los Angeles, and we finally have ourselves a Los Angeles championship football team. And uh, we'll be covering that as conditions warrant. Brockman and I were going to go, but we sold our tickets. Nah, that's very good. Thanks, Mike Del Tufo. <laughs> nice. How about that? Well, well done, first, first crack of the show from our uh, audio executive. Well done, Mike. Good to see you, Chris Brockman. Hey, How are you? Uh, DJ Mikey D is in these nuts. <laughs> the candle is lit from TJ Jefferson. How are you, sir? It's a beautiful day. Well, it's a little chilly, but it's still a beautiful I day. I know that. The football gods, man. Yeah. They got the 85-degree weather, and now we got ourselves a parade. It's supposed to be nice. It was raining yesterday, which in Los Angeles, it's like 13 feet of snow. I was like, imagine um, if that had happened Sunday afternoon. I know, I know, <laughs> but uh, it did not. It did not. Um, lots to talk about on this show. Um, certainly uh, uh, with what uh, Mike McCarthy had to say on this show yesterday, that's clanked around a few other what media outlets. What did he outlets. have to say, though? I'm still... Uh, you know, <laughs> so we'll talk about that a little bit on this program. Mike Florio was first up in 18 minutes time, Pro Football Talk's finest and founder. Um, Michael Smith, who along with Michael Holly, follows this show every day on NBC Sports on Peacock, and brother from another, he'll join us in the middle of this program as uh, we begin to start focusing our attention on Cleveland, Ohio, site of this weekend's NBA All-Star Game. And uh, James Harden will not play in that. He did not play last night. And the Philadelphia 76ers scored half of their team's logo points. <laughs> Is that they, they scored? Let me do that right. Uh, that's uh, what? Uh, oh, gosh. Not I shouldn't lot. do math on the air. 38 and a half points. Is that what they scored last night? They got throttled. So by your Celtics. And uh, we're beginning. We're on to, fire. There, yeah, Jason Tatum. He did. Uh, Giannis put up a fitty piece, right, last night? Giannis so, did? I didn't yeah. even see that. So uh, lots going on in the Association's NBA. Association's And so we'll be discussing a lot of that with Michael Smith, and then hour number three, Charlie Day, everybody. Charlie, Charlie. the very, the very, very funny Charlie Day from uh, It's uh, Always Sunny in uh, Philadelphia. He's got a new rom com uh, on uh, on Amazon called I, I Want You Back. So he'll be talking about that. He's a he's a diehard uh, golfer. He loves uh, he loves uh, playing. He's got a little bit of a stick. So we'll talk about that with Charlie Day on this program. So now that we've um, finished for the playing season, can't believe that. Um, I'm I'm going to start with what's next. Obviously, there's the combine um, where two weeks from today I will be there. How about that? Mm. Yeah, the combine is two start the the the, the on field drills for the combine starts two weeks from tomorrow. Wow! 
So, boom, we're at the combine. And then, boom, two weeks after that, it's the new league year. And the new league year is when, as we all know, um, all of what's going to happen between now and then becomes official. Don't don't forget, like at this point last year, uh, Matthew Stafford was essentially already traded to the Rams. And that just didn't become official to the new league year. And so the carousel started spinning. Started spinning, and then uh, for Deshaun Watson, it was spinning off its axis because he basically told the Texans, I don't want to come back. And then we've all found out what was going on with his massage uh, world, and uh, he has still not played a game. But he appears to be back on that carousel, and that's part of the reason why we're going to have Mike Florio on here is because now now you're hearing he, he's coming up with a new list of teams because everything's kind of reconfigured. Okay. For instance, you know, last year at this time, you know who was definitely not on his list of teams of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know who's on his list of teams right now? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because Tom Brady is now retired, although never Allegedly. say never. Allegedly. Right. And so <laughs> the Vikings are now on his list of teams uh, because they've got Kevin O'Connell coming from the Rams. You know, Zimmer's not there anymore with his run first and then run second and don't put the ball in the air third. You know, and he's gone, and now Kevin O'Connell's going to be bringing in, one would think, the Sean McVay system yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. Now suddenly Minnesota interests him, but they do have Kirk Cousins for uh, the same amount of money I do believe Garrett Cole is making this year. Oh. All guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Close to it. So, um, so there's things are totally reconfigured. So what I have done is, as things are right now, the Wednesday after Super Bowl 56. I'm going to give you the snapshot of what the quarterback market is going to look like in the NFL and keep this in your mind's eye because this is the sort of stuff that we will be talking about over the next month. I know March Madness is going to start to heat up and the NBA obviously having its all-star game and then the second half de facto of their season heats up. But this is the stuff that you're going to hear rumors and conjecture about. And my reviewing of all of this begins right now with the list of teams that are out. Don't worry about these guys. They're out. They're not looking for a quarterback for a good long while. So we're going to start weeding down the list. And here are the teams that are, are out for a good long while. The Chiefs, obviously. The Chargers, these are all obvious. Bengals, Bills, Cowboys, Dak. They got them. Rams, I'm putting them on this list. Okay. I think they're going to redo Matthew Stafford, and they're going to—he's their quarterback for as long as he wants to play. The Patriots clearly have their guy in Mac Jones. The Ravens, I know Lamar is still not signed long term <laughs> there, and I'm just going to say that's going to work out. And clearly, they're not looking for a new spot. And then I'm putting the Las Vegas Raiders on this list because I'm hearing Derek Carr is going to be re-signed, and if that happens, that you know. Good long while. It's like three, four years. And I'm putting the Jaguars on this list. Uh, I am going to evaluate Trevor Lawrence still as generationally talented, even though Urban Meyer didn't do him a single favor this year in getting him up to speed on what it's like to be coached by an NFL coach and surrounded by an NFL system. And I'm still putting Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars on this list that they're not going to be interested for a good long while. Then... You've got teams that are definitely going to be in this market. And it's fascinating because we haven't seen some of these teams definitely in the market for a quarterback in a while. 
And that includes the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last time they were in the market, like, again, we're talking about drafting and we're talking about acquiring in free agency or making a big swing for a trade if there is a veteran available. And I'm going with the Steelers on this list. I'm going with the Buccaneers on this list. The Saints are on this list. I'm putting the Panthers on this list because even though Sam Darnold is there for the fifth year option money, I think if they want to make a big swing, if Deshaun Watson says it becomes a viable quarterback and says, I want to go to Carolina, what are they going to do? Not not jump at him? Yeah. Uh, and then the Broncos are there, and the Washington Commanders are here. I mean, we had Ron Rivera on last Friday, and I said, is your quarterback on the roster? And he said, pretty much everything but yes. <laughs> right, right. I think the Commanders are going to be in the market to make a big swing at somebody. So I put that those teams on that list. It's kind of a short list. And then this is where things get tricky. This is where the quarterback carousel gets either crowded or not. And I'm going to the category next here that I have is sticking with the plan. Okay. So they've got either a veteran that they've signed and they're saying he's still our guy even though they didn't advance in the playoffs or get to the Super Bowl. Or it's somebody that was recently drafted, and they're just sticking with that plan. And those teams are the Tennessee Titans, even though we think that would be an outstanding fit for Aaron Rodgers if he wants to leave Green Bay. And then there are a host of teams that are recently drafted guys. Jets, they're sticking with their plan, Zach Wilson. Bears, clearly with Justin Fields. San Francisco is going to start Trey Lance this year, people. I'm just telling you that. Week one starter, barring injury, Trey Lance for the 49ers. Browns are sticking with their plan. They've got Baker Mayfield, and they're going to see what happens. And that's the same thing with the Giants and Daniel Jones. And Mike McDaniel, the new coach, one of the more viral videos this week that we didn't talk about last week, pardon me, for the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl kind of took center stage, was him calling Tua and telling him, I believe in you. We're going to give you give you the tools. Now, could that be thrown out the window? Yeah, but for right now, they're sticking with a plan, and those are the seven teams sticking with the plan, and this is now where things can get really sticky on that carousel. Is there's a bunch of teams that are maybe in the market? Maybe not. We don't know. Who's going to force their way out? Who's going to say, I want out? Who's going to sit there and make then uh, that decision for somebody else's hand who's like, you know what? We're sticking with our plan, but no longer. And um, so this is kind of a, a mix of what I just said about sticking with a plan and now maybe in the market. If Russ wants out, Seahawks are going to be in the market, right? Yep. I don't know about the Houston Texans. Davis Mills had a very good first year, but, play. you know, does Lovey Smith or the Texans want to just right. go with somebody else? Or they is that going to be Davis Mills' gig? The Colts, you're hearing all about how Carson Wentz could stay or maybe not. They were so disappointed by his performance in the last two weeks. Jim Irsay was not happy that this guy was unvaccinated. And then he gets COVID. Didn't miss a start, but wasn't the same. Anybody who got COVID on that team pretty much wasn't the same. Chris Ballard said the virus pretty much did them in. I had Arizona on this list about last week as never for a long time. But are they in the market? Is Kyler Murray going to force his way out or what? What is all of this about right now? What the hell is essentially going on in Arizona? 
Is Minnesota going to be in the market if Deshaun Watson makes himself available? Is somebody like, you know, Kevin O'Connell gets there and he's like, yeah, I don't I don't think this is workable. And they go somewhere else. I don't know. I don't think so. But I think this is going to be Kirk Cousins' final year there. The Philadelphia Eagles say that it's Jalen Hurts. But with them sitting there with all those draft choices, first overall draft choices in this year's draft, I have no idea what the heck they're going to do. Did the Lions move on from Jared Goff? Maybe they're in the market. I don't know. And then what about the Falcons? They're sitting there with Matt Ryan, who can light it up when he's upright. And this was kind of a 500 year. Like, and, and the Falcons needed to either rebuild on the spot or take advantage of their window, and neither happened this year. And I'm wondering if they're going to sit there and go, we can't have another year of neither happening. Like, we either need to take advantage of the window with this veteran quarterback that we have while he's still upright and slinging it around, or we need to just move on and start start fresh. I have no idea. And there's one linchpin to this whole carousel that could keep it spinning like crazy or stop it in its tracks or totally make it a different ride for everybody involved, and that's the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that's the carousel linchpin. What's he going to do? And he says it's going to be a decision before the new league year begins, which means in the next two to three weeks, you're going to start hearing all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff. And until 12 himself says it, I don't know. Nobody knows. Because if he says, yes, I want out, all those quarterback needy teams are going to go nuts. And some that are maybes are going to go nuts. And some that are sticking with the plan are going to say, there's a plan AR? What about? We have plan A, but there's a plan AR? About 12. Really? What's that plan look like? Let's go. Somebody get me Gutekunst on line one. (laughs) Gutekunst. That is your carousel linchpin, and that's the setup of this dynamite next month and the non-playing season and I cannot wait to get to the combine because there is going to be so much chatter and the chatty Cathy's and the did you hear this did you hear that oh my gosh the guy who is the assistant to the assistant trainer at that team told me this (laughs) and you know what the assistant to the general manager that used to be in that place but is now the uh the uh the new VP of ops at that place and his assistant told me this about that oh Baby, this agent saying this, that groupie saying that. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, boy. And I'm going to tell you everything it's gonna be great. that I hear. Plans to, expects to, all of that language. Not likely, unlikely, highly likely, per sources. By the way, that is my favorite source. Per? Per. <laughs> Because I do love Scandinavia, and Per comes straight from Scandinavia. Yeah. Per sources, yeah. close to what about close, close to? to? That's well, close to is not a source; it's a situation. What about unnamed? Unnamed is a source. Is a good one. Mm. Unnamed is a good source. Source close to. Monitoring. Close to close to is never close to a source. Close <laughs> right. to is close to a situation. Right, monitoring the situation. Monitoring the situation. 
You don't want to have somebody monitoring the situation. No, that means no. that you're, you're in the, the wrong side of the blotter. Yeah. 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 That's all coming. <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh, baby. Let's take a break. Mike Florio and his sources, best he can tell, <laughs> per unnamed all. Joining us shortly right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Callaway Chrome Soft. I play them. You should as well. I can tell the difference, and I'm not very good. <laughs> Charlie Day is very good. I can't wait for him to come here in hour number three. We belong to the same club, by the way. Hey, now. I wrecked the buffet. He actually shoots for the sticks. <laughs> and Chrome Soft has the best tour performance for every type of performance. That, this Chrome Soft family starts with the regular Chrome Soft. I use it. Better feel, more distance, incredible forgiveness. Better players looking for more workability. There's a Chrome Soft X. Excellent spin consistency, tour level, short game control. The Chrome Soft XLS gives you that lower spin golf ball on longer shots, firmer feel, but still high spin around the greens. And now every Chrome Soft is enhanced with precision technology, which uses design techniques and manufacturing specifications up to one one thousandth of an inch. This ensures they're the highest quality, most consistent, fastest golf balls possible. So when you add it all up, it's really simple. Chrome Soft is better for the best and then better for everyone too. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you at callawaygolf.com slash Chrome Soft when we come back. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk to chop it up. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Uh, <laughs> our great friend who kicks things off here every single day on NBC Sports on Peacock, is now, if I'm not mistaken, less than a month away from the debut of his book, where all books are acquired. Pre-order it right now on Amazon and other spots where books can be acquired. The author of Playmakers 
is Mike Florio back here yeah. on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Mike? Three weeks and six days until I find out that no one has purchased it. <laughs> the clock is That's not true, man. That's not true. That's I not actually true. had to order more. Hey, from the printer. That's great news. I had to order more. By the way, those are words I never heard when I put my book out in 2007, which can be acquired where all books are purchased for <laughs> one cent. On my right bookshelf. Now. Do you really? Yes, I do. In my library, <laughs> I still do. Well, thank you for being one of the few, sir. Thank you for that. Um, do you need more? We have about a hundred. That's it. Stop it. Stop it. Yes, we do have many of them here. Uh, okay, Mike Florio, what is the story coming out of the Super Bowl that intrigues you the most? What do you got for me? Well, I think it's the the out-of-the-blue combo platter yeah. of maybe Sean McVay hitting the road, maybe Aaron Donald calling it quits, and the possibility that both men are, and I fully support them if this is the case, trying to get Stan Kroenke as I said yesterday on PFTPM, to pull out the big George Costanza wallet and start peeling off bills. He doesn't have coupons in there for a free Save the Tiger poster at an Exxon in Florida. He's got cash, and we saw the cash on display. I saw his boat. It was down in the arena from where we were staying. It's a big-ass boat. So uh, it's time to start paying these guys. And if I'm Sean McVay, see what ESPN wants to do. See what anybody else wants to do. Make me an offer. And there's nothing wrong with him taking that offer to Stan Kroenke and saying, look, they're offering me this, you're paying me that, you want me to stay, you want me to keep working at this capacity, uh, then uh, you've got to do something about it. And, and I think from Aaron Donald's perspective, he's due to make $18 million and change each of the next three years. If they want him to not retire, they need to take care of him. And, I, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. You, you, these guys turn their lives over to the pursuit of, of the, the mountain they climbed on Sunday. They, they give up so much of themselves, and it generates a ton of money for Kroenke and for the organization, and it's only fair for them to expect their fair share. Well, there's no cap on what you can pay McVeigh. What, 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 what's the deal with Donald's contract? Is that stuff not guaranteed, uh, the, those, those dollars? Or, or what, what can they do on that front that can make Aaron Donald say, you know what, maybe playing to 35 is a better idea? He's passed the guaranteed portion of the deal. The question is just raw dollars, $18 million a year and change, when the top of the market's $27.5 million. I think Joey Bosa's still got the high end. And this guy's a transcendent player, and by the time this contract's up, he's going to be in a spot where, you know, he's going to inevitably start to decline, especially when you consider the pounding he's taken. And maybe this is a – I don't want to say Jim Brown, because Jim Brown stepped away to go to Hollywood, but I remember when Robert Smith retired after the 2000 season, it was just like, hey, I want to walk away while I can still walk. And you look at the pounding that Aaron Donald takes constantly with two and three guys trying to keep him from wreaking havoc. At a certain point, it's got to take a toll. And the other thing, too, hey, he's a Pittsburgh guy. And you're in L.A. five months out of the year when you're a Pittsburgh guy. And, and I, I flew from Pittsburgh to L.A. and nine days later from L.A. to Pittsburgh. And it's like getting on a rocket ship, not an airplane. That's how different the two places are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's, he's, he wants to be traded. But it's just one of the factors you got to ask yourself, do I want to continue to be gone from where I would prefer to live five months out of the year? Hmm. Okay. And so uh, what are you hearing about McVeigh? Is it like, uh, is it ESPN? Is it Amazon? Could it be Fox if Amazon takes Troy Aikman? I mean, that's there's a ton of chatter on that front. What do you think? What are you well, hearing about? Andrew Marchand of the New York Post reported in the days before the Super Bowl that ESPN would be interested if McVeigh leaves. And I think the problem with that is, ESPN's got to make him interested to leave. He's not going to do the Sean Payton and walk away and then say, I'm here for anybody who's hiring. He's not going to walk away unless he's got 
the two in the bush right. ready to go. He's, he's not going to quit his job uh, without knowing that someone's going to pay whatever it is. And, and I think part of it, too, is convincing the network that he's in it for more than a year or two. I think one of the misgivings teams or networks will have about Sean Payton is, uh, you know, we, we don't want a guy that's going to do it for a year and then go coach the Cowboys. We, we want somebody who's doing it for the long haul. And McVay, you know, he could do it for 10 or 15 years and, and still come back and coach and pursue a second Super Bowl with a different team 15 years from now when he's only 51. It's amazing to think that he could spend that much time in TV and swing back around later, almost like what Dick Vermeil did during, you know, he, he had that long, long break where we never thought he was going to come back and he came back and coached the Rams and then won a Super Bowl and walked away just like McVay may do. But it's in, it's, it's in, it's in the court now of whoever is willing to do it. ESPN, Amazon, Fox, the, we know the money's out there. And uh, it's significant, and it keeps getting more and more significant. And, uh, you know, if it's a leverage play by McVeigh, good for him. Somebody's got to squeeze the oligarchs to pay more money. The coaches, when you look at how player payroll has gone up over the past 50 years, they've managed to keep the coaches from making what they should get. And any coach that has the kind of, of leverage that McVeigh has should use it. Mike Florio, pro football talk on uh, Peacock, and then, of course, online and, and digital everywhere social right here on the rich eisen show so um so many stories throughout the super bowl week outside of the game uh i saw your post last week about stephen ross and the dolphins and what the league is looking into about brian flores's allegation of getting six figures to lose football games the minute he was hired by the dolphins what do you know right now what can you tell me well, I know that there's a belief the NFL is going to be able to prove that Ross made the offer. Mm. And there was a report right in the aftermath of the Flores lawsuit. It was an NFL Network report from Cameron Wolf that there's an unnamed witness who heard Ross say what he said. And I'm already starting to get the sense that Ross is going to try to claim he was joking. I don't understand what the joke would be. I don't know where the punchline would reside. I know comedy is hard, yes. but I don't. I just don't get it. And it would be along the lines of getting on an airplane and joking about having a bomb in your carry-on, I think. It's just something the NFL doesn't want people joking about. They don't want to legitimize the tanking reality, the tanking temptation in any way, shape, or form. So he's got a problem, and I think if the walls, this is just speculation on my part, mm -hmm. but he's got Bruce Beal lined up to take over the team when Ross steps aside. And Ross said two years ago he's not going to sell out his interest in his lifetime. Well, if the walls start closing in, I could see Ross doing what Jerry Richardson did in 2017 and just cashing out and moving on. That, that wouldn't surprise me. Daniel Snyder, on the other hand, I'm sure we're going to talk about him. I think he fights and scratches and claws and never gives up and never surrenders and keeps it tied up in court as long as he can. But I think if Ross gets the, 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 the talking to from you know, people he respects in league circles that this is not going to go well, I, I won't be surprised if he just cashes out and moves on. So Flores has receipts? He literally has a receipt of this uh, offer. I don't know of... if he's got it in writing, <clears throat> but it sounds like there's going to be a witness. And, and the other thing Ross has to worry about yeah. is he forces them to do a full-blown investigation that creates evidence. An ambitious prosecutor could very easily indict him under the Sports Bribery Act, which is as plain as it can be. It's very broad, but it's very plain, and it's very simple. You put yourself in position to go away for up to five years. Not that Ross would ever have to do time, but that's not how you want to exit public life when you're on the wrong side of 80 under the cloud of an indictment 
for violation of the Sports Bribery Act. So the NFL is going to take it seriously. And I suspect that if they just get enough, and this is, again, this is kind of educated speculation. Mm-hmm. I think they just go to him and, and say, you don't want us to do this. You don't want us to do this full-blown investigation. You don't want us making the prosecutor's case for that prosecutor. You just want this to go away. Wow. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. And another one that, that's consumed much of the week and still is right now. I'll just ask it point blank. What the hell is happening with Kyler Murray? What happened? What is going on? Yeah, that's a great question. And something caused him to strip the Cardinals from his social media platforms the day after the Pro Bowl. See, I think he went to the Pro Bowl, and somebody said something that got him thinking about something, you know, right. the possibility of playing for a different team, playing in a different location, being a, a Tom Brady or a Matthew Stafford, picking his next shot. Uh, and it may have been a manifestation of frustration about the support or lack thereof that he has around him. And then it goes next level with Chris Mortensen reporting on Sunday. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I've said this a few times, so I guess I shouldn't measure my words carefully now. I'm uncomfortable. And I, I did not get a journalism degree. I never went to journalism school, but through 20 years I've kind of learned where the hot-button topics are and where you can get yourself into trouble. Sharing an opinion like that, selfish, uh, self-centered, immature, and finger-pointing, with unnamed sources backing it up, I just, that, that makes me uncomfortable because there are surely people who don't believe that. There are surely people who interact with Kyler Murray who believe that he's exactly what he needs to be for a 24-year-old franchise quarterback. And look at some of the other quarterbacks around the NFL. When things aren't going their way, they become self-centered, immature, and finger-pointing too. I mean, Tom Brady slapping around the Microsoft Surface and getting in people's faces when things aren't going his way. And he's admitted he doesn't handle those situations well. I mean, Kyler Murray has gone through crap the last three years in Arizona compared to what he dealt with in high school and college where he lost a grand total of three games right. at both levels combined. So uh, it's, it's awkward. It's weird. And but somebody I, had I to tell him, right? Like somebody, somebody had to tell him that, right? Somebody had to tell Mort that, and then somebody from his side told Mort, you know, that, that uh, Kyler feels he's being scapegoated. And I, I'm, I'm just wondering where, where all of this came from, right? Like where, obviously it came from other people, but, but the, there, there is a description of clearly something's up. And then Murray calls what we're talking about, the Mort stuff, nonsense, when the nonsense became public, when he scrubbed his Instagram account like 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 a, a spurned high school sweetheart. You know what I'm saying? And and I I, I kind of don't understand like where it goes, right? Because it, it, unless it goes to a I demand to get out of here, the Cardinals have him contractually uh, in the fold for what at least two more years, right? And then and then, and then yeah, that. franchise tags after that. So what what's it about? Like not getting the Josh Allen deal right now? Do you think is that what well, it is? Yeah, you know, and for it to come up so quickly, if if it's contractual in any way, shape, or form, for it to come up so quickly, right. The most reasonable explanation is he has told the team, "I'm ready to do a contract," and they've said, "We want to wait a year." That would be because why, you wouldn't be at a point where you'd be at the kind of impasse where you would act out. In, in early February. It wouldn't be, it's too early. Right. It's too soon. It would be along the lines of, hey, I'm ready to go. And they're like, well, you know what? You had the injury, and, you know, we, we want to give it one more year and see where it goes from here. And almost like the Baker Mayfield situation or the Lamar Jackson, although that's different dynamics with Jackson. But I think that, that it's possible if it's contractual, Kyler's ready to get his reward, and they're not ready to give it to him. Or it could just be he's sick of losing. But, but surely he's seen enough in three years in the NFL to know 
that you're not going to go 15 and 2. You're not going to dominate. You're going to have to scratch and claw and fight. And I don't know what other team he would want to play for, unless you know there was there was some stuff about Mike Evans and you know does he want to go to the Buccaneers? I don't know. I sure feel like the Bucks are going to be looking for one of these other guys, whether it's Deshaun Watson or or Russell Wilson. I know Ian Rappaport mentioned those two as possibilities for the Buccaneers to trade and replace Tom Brady, but maybe maybe Kyler Murray's in play. And I don't, you know, even though I'm uncomfortable with that that opinion-driven anonymous report, if it if it came from Michael Bidwell or somebody close to Bidwell, then you have to wonder if they're reaching the point where they're ready to make a change, mm. which is stunning because he's the guy. He was he was their guy. He was <laughs> the guy they had to have. They threw Josh Rosen overboard to get him in 2019. It would be amazing if they have a divorce after only three years. And he's also supremely talented, you know? I mean, and 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 whatever caused the late-season collapse for three straight years, clearly he has a role in it, but not the sole role in it, you know? And, and having DeAndre Hopkins is not a bad target to have. I mean, uh, that, be that as it may, uh, I mean... Hey, he's got the ultimate leverage too, Rich. He's the only guy in the NFL... They can say, I don't need football. I can go play another professional sport. Right. This would would be the very wrong time to pull that lever, though, when uh, when Japan is the only option, you know? (laughs) And you and I have been through... You and I I have been through the uh, labor wars. You see, when they call for uh, federal help, you know, and your management, that doesn't look good, you know? And and then it's rejected by the union. I don't even want to go there. That's how I lost all my hair. Uh, Mike Florio (laughs) here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. You mentioned Deshaun Watson moments ago. How viable is is this? I mean, what is going on with him where all of a sudden now we're reporting about his wish list when there's so much other things, stuff, you know, situations is our catchphrases in the sports world uh, hanging over him. What's going well, on with him? Yeah, we've got the criminal investigation that has not yet resulted in a grand jury completing its work. There was an expectation that that would be done the end of January. Here we are halfway through February and it's not done. There are 22 pending civil cases and there was an effort to settle those to facilitate the trade to the Dolphins. Eighteen of the women were ready to go. Four of them held out, and that's what kept it from happening. And now the window's open for him to be questioned under oath as part of these lawsuits, too. So he just needs to make it all go away. And I don't mean that in a flippant way or just, you know, write a check, but that's how justice gets dispensed in the civil system. You sue someone for an award of monetary damages. So if, if he can make these 22 individuals feel good about the outcome, and uh, and move on and get closure. He needs to do it. The problem is, from the lawyer's perspective, the fact that Watson needs these cases to be resolved increases the value of the settlement. Sometimes a settlement is driven by you know how much money someone lost uh, when something happened or whatever their emotional distress was. A jury has to figure that out. Sometimes the value comes from what it means to the defendant for this thing to go away, and that that drives the price up and at some point Watson's just got to accept it and write the check and move on unless there's one person who's like uh, he uh, we waited all this time to get him deposed and under oath damn straight we're going to do that you know like that that could be happening too right oh especially after most of the people suing him have already had to go through their uh inherently unpleasant experience of being grilled under oath by by someone from rusty harden's law firm if not harden himself yeah, that, that's part of it, too. It's like, hey, I, I want to sit there while he has to answer these questions. And, and maybe if he has to go through the process of being grilled by Tony Busby for eight hours on a Wednesday afternoon at Tony Busby's law office, maybe that's part of the, 
the, the process that's needed to get these folks to the point where they're willing to resolve the case and move on. It's right. just part of the closure. It's part of the justice. It's a very loose, rough process. It doesn't always have to be a verdict returned by a jury. There are other ways to get people to feel like they've gotten their justice. And But there's also a clock ticking with a new league year that begins, right? And teams are going to have to know. I, I imagine hey, the quarterback carousel is already going to start spinning. I mean, right, it was January right. 30 last year with Matthew Stafford got right. traded to the Rams unofficially. Right. So, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is the guy that is the first domino this year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, the, you know, the, the teams that Watson may be interested in playing for may make other arrangements and make it impractical for Watson this year. And the stakes are high for the Texans. They own $35 million fully guaranteed. Last year it was 10 this year, it's $35 million in salary. They need to get this thing done, and they need to move on from him. Wow. That's all at play, right? I mean, and that's all at play in the next month. Aaron Rodgers says that he's going to make a decision sooner rather than later. That's in the next month. Who else is in the next month? Russell Wilson in the next month? Um, the Eagles can obviously sit back and wait to see how it all shakes out because they got three first-rounders coming up in the draft. Um, other Carson teams, Wentz, right? he's in play now. Uh-huh. Not the next... I think the more fascinating part of that is what do the Colts do, right. not where does Wentz go, because I don't know that anyone's going to want him, especially to walk in the door as a starter. Right. But what do the Colts do to replace Carson Wentz? Because that's a pretty attractive team. Good offensive line, Jonathan Taylor, decent receivers, potent defense. You know, if I'm Aaron I don't know, I don't know Aaron Rodgers in, in Indianapolis. I don't know. That could be the premise of a sitcom maybe. But, um, <laughs> but, but you know, there are there – are, uh, worst places he could go in the AFC. Well, the one thing I'm thinking about is why not the Titans? What, you know what I'm oh, I saying? I know, I know. He's, he's buying a house in That's uh, what I heard. Franklin, Tennessee right. or something and, like that. But, I, but they, they, they say they're all in with Ryan Tannehill. It's easy to say that if Aaron Rodgers isn't knocking on your door saying, let me in. I think it changes if you know Aaron, Aaron Rodgers wants to play for you. And then the last one for you is the Brady, right? If he lurks and he sits, and, and, and um, what, is, what is happening there? Is, are we all just reading into the, the vacuum now that he is created by opening the door slightly ajar with the never say never, or, or what? What do you think, Well, Mike? I, I saw that Greg Allman of The Athletic reported that he's either going to come back to the Buccaneers or retire, that he's not going to try to finagle his way to another team. But as a practical matter... If the Buccaneers go out and fill that seat with a veteran who is pricey and they give up draft capital to get that guy, if he comes back after that, they're not going to keep both of them. He's necessarily going to go somewhere else. I believe the question that gets raised all the time, what else does he have to prove? What else does he have to accomplish? Well, he's never played for the 49ers, the team that he rooted for growing up. And we know two years ago that was his first choice. And they didn't want him. And if I'm the 49ers, my choices are Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, or Tom Brady for 2022, and I want to win the Super Bowl in 2022, I'm going with Tom Brady. And Lance just waits and Garoppolo goes somewhere. In this. Yeah, and Lance, Lance sits for two years. I, think I wouldn't be shocked if they just keep Garoppolo if they don't get <sighs> another. Because no, I don't I, think that they believe Lance is ready. And I, I think they went into this knowing that we may have to sit him for two years. I know that's possible, but I think they're done with Jimmy G. And I think that that, uh, I, I think that, that is done, and they're going to try and figure out over the next three to four weeks where to send him. There are so many other teams out there that are quarterback needy or could be. Uh, I I don't know. Just sticking with Lance and then getting a veteran to back him up. And if Brady suddenly raises his hand and goes, you know what? I just think it would be a nice way to finish everything up. Um, you know, be around mom and dad and, and be where it used to be. And, and walk off into the sunset. Maybe. With a, with a trophy, one with the team. He was there right. for the catch game, if yeah. you haven't heard that a thousand times. 
And, uh, you know, that, that's the one thing that he hasn't accomplished yet that would still be on his football bucket list. Oh, my God, what a great few months this is going to be. And, and you know what, Rich? It started with Brady two years ago. It but did. all of a sudden, the yeah. football hot stove thing is quarterback-driven. And it was never that way. Teams would never get rid True. of a quarterback that they thought was good enough for fear of regressing. Now you got teams willing to flip these guys and get rid of them and bring this guy in, and we're going to go for it. And you know, when you see Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford change teams and win Super Bowls their first year, it validates the approach. Brother, the next style of evolution to that is somebody drafting a kid and, and, and then get, trying to win a Super Bowl in his first four or five years of contractual control, and instead of signing him to a nine-figure deal, just flipping him and starting yep. again. Baker Mayfield. That might be it, right? That might be it? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for the call, Mike. All Always right. appreciate it. Take care, man. Playmakers available in three weeks and six days. But right now as well, where all books are sold. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Back here on our terrestrial radio outfit. Wow. <laughs> Talking about the time Don Ho once told me he hated tiny bubbles. Don Ho. Imagine how many times he's had to play that song. Like, oh, I know. Oh. Hey, Don. And here I'm an idiot saying, hey, Don, you want to play tiny bubbles? <laughs> oh, I hate that song. Don Ho. May you rest in peace. He also had a million Maui gyms in a, in a, in a case yes. in, his, in his trunk. You remember that? He had. A million. I mean, seriously. Like, he, like, it, was, it was like the case that he had looked like <laughs> the one from Pulp Fiction. It yes. glowed when it opened up. It was insane. He had like was 150 pairs. It, it was, was You remember that, right? Was yes. he selling them oh, out the yeah. trunk? Uh, yeah. I, I, I wish. We all went and looked. We all like, went and looked. What we opened did. his trunk because yeah. he, he went to the trunk to look for the ukulele that we thought he had. And I don't have a ukulele. We called it an ukulele. Is what yeah, it called. Yeah. And, then, and then he opened it. And then there's, I'm like, what's in the case? And he opened the case. And it, was, the, it was like a million Maui gems in the case. It was insane. Like He had every color, every size, every style. Yeah, like whatever water. all he does. Those are sunglasses for those that don't know what Maui gems are. I mean, everybody seen CSI Miami. Yeah, yeah but everyone I don't would expect there's people at home going, what, the, the, Maui Jim, Slim Jim? So anyway. Maybe they don't know. But. Slim Jim. All right, let's Ooh. take some phone calls. I knew I'd be hearing from this guy this week with Matthew Stafford winning the Super Bowl. Oh, baby. Yeah. And I'm stunned it took him three <laughs> business days well, to Rich, call. He's been partying the last two days. Or working or whatever he's doing, but he sidelined Mike in Atlanta back on the Rich Eisen <laughs> show. What's up, sideline Mike? Gentlemen, Mr. <laughs> Del Tufo, how are you? What's going on? Jay, Mr. Brockman, yeah, yeah. Up, brother? Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, sideline Michael, what's going on, sir? What's on hey, your baby, mind? It's, hey, baby, it's the year of the dog. 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 We got Matthew Stafford. First of all, we had two SEC quarterbacks at the Super Bowl. Don't, don't sleep on that. 
That's true. That's facts. Quarterback in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You had Richard Seymour, Georgia Dog, going oh, to the Hall of Fame. Correct. Had Sony Michelle getting his second ring. Mr. Brockman, he's still not a bust. Got two rings, 2-0 and in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he didn't you know, play they much Sunday. Unceremoniously let him leave, you know, New England because they don't pay running backs. And then you got Mr. Floyd from Chicago. <laughs> and then we talk about them George Bulldogs. Do y'all know that Atlanta Braves and the Georgia Bulldogs won championships within 70 days? Did you know that? Mm-hmm. We are title town right now, baby. <laughs> but, uh, but, but you know, it, it took me a while, man. I love this I'm gonna guy. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Matthew Scalper didn't win nothing at Georgia. Nothing. Okay? So we, we were waiting on him. I'm like, brother, you up there languishing in Detroit. Finally. With your beautiful wife, the cheerleader, the, the beautiful daughters, all of that. Yep. Got, I'm glad it happened for him, man. But let's get to your, your 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 content creator that comes on before you, Mr. Daniel Patrick. Mm-hmm. Started this thing about if Matthew Stafford wins the Super Bowl, he's going to be a he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Now he's trying to walk that back. You know, I've, I've never called the show. I'm like, Dan, you were the one that started that. You said if he wins. He will become a Hall of Fame quarterback. Now, we all know the rule. If you have to ask, is is XYZ a quarterback, and you pause, that means mm, might not be definitely not first ballot. No, I, I know that uh, sideline, Mike, and uh, you mm-hmm. should give DP a call. I'm sure he'd love to, to chat oh, with no, you. They said they love my energy. Go, They're going to get me on because you know I lit him up. I'm like, wait a minute, DP, you, you started this. Give him a call. And thanks for the call here, Sideline Mike. Congratulations on Year of the Dog, ladies and gentlemen, Sideline Mike. I do want to just hit again, just reiterating again, the whole concept of if he wins, does that make Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer? There's still more time to go. Everybody is saying, like, if, if his career ended today, would he be a Hall of Famer? I would say no. Probably not. He's 34. He needs the ring and then... More time to see what he does in Los Angeles. The reason why he doesn't have the All-Pros and the Pro Bowls, just repeat again. As I said yesterday, and my good friend Richard Sherman, I believe, saw. As a matter of fact, I know he saw. Did he text you? Uh, I I did get... uh, uh, how do I put it this way? He did, I, he did contact me. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. We had a good chat. Oh, oh, and oh phone call. No, uh, no, oh, no. But um, and once uh, once he can come on here, uh, he will. No, oh. I think he's got some obligations um, to uh, ah, another. Yeah, another another outlet. Gotcha. So, um, but I understand what he's saying. And my point is, he didn't have the opportunity for those accolades in Detroit. But one guy did actually break through. And I also got this, too, yesterday. And Barry Sanders had the same awfulness in Detroit. And he got all of those accolades. And he got to the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Did somebody really compare the two? Dude, that's what I got. And it's just like, look, it's different. When you're the quarterback quarterback and you're a running back, a running back, you can have much more individual achievement. If you're getting your ass sacked or you don't get the wins and the trophies because the defense is screwing it up, that's on you as the quarterback. Calvin Johnson, somebody had to throw to him in triple coverage all the time, right? Somebody had to throw to Cooper Cup. Again, the four most prolific seasons in the history of receiving. Regular and postseason together. Jerry Rice and Larry Fitzgerald had Steve Young, and Kurt Warner, two Hall of Famers, throw to them. 
The others are Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup. And one guy threw to them both. Few more years in Los Angeles. Maybe with another ring, another another Super Bowl appearance. Then we can talk. Seriously. Hour number two coming up with Michael Smith.